Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. It's time for TV Gold. We're looking at two shows about television today, The Morning Show and The Newsreader, both returning with new seasons and a new series called The Lovers. Welcome back, Andrew Mercado. Where will we start today? Oh, let's start with the Aussie show, I think, The Newsreader. Okay, sounds good. Now, this is season two. I've seen, I think, I think I've nearly seen four episodes now. I was firing through them. I thought the first season might have been longer than six, but when I checked, it was six, and so was this season. Yeah, I've watched all four too, and we have had a bit of a break because season one aired in 2021, and you and I spoke to Michael Lucas uh, on a special podcast, the writer-creator of the show, and he was sort of hinting at what might come for season two. It actually feels, you know, sometimes with shows, and I'll talk about this with the next show, you do this a lot. You go back and watch the last episode of the previous series. I don't do that. I just come in cold and a lot of times I'm scrambling to figure out what's going on because I can't remember. But the newsreader was such a strong concept and was so fresh in my mind, even though it was nearly two years ago now, it felt like we picked up and I was exactly right back in there and I knew exactly what was going on. And uh, I think it's really well written because you know those characters so well that you can have that two-year time gap, gap jump, whether it's in the amount of time you've watched the last seasons or whether or not the show's jumping forward that far in time. And it all just made perfect sense to me and I was off and running. And like you, I've watched all four episodes so far. Yeah, the um, and that's a, that's a credit to the to the writers and the makers, isn't it? That all those characters are so strong, they click back into your memory straight away. You don't have to refresh yourself with what's this person like? What do they do? They're just bang, you know, they're they're all on there. The other thing that makes it so strong is the, the real life events that are run in the background as a central part of the, the narrative for each episode. There's a different one for each episode. And the key to that is that the historical event that's happening uh, is in the background. And I think when we talk about Morning Wars, which comes next, uh, the Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon show, that to me very much feels like a show where they come up with the historical event and then they move their characters all around it. Whereas in the newsreader, this is a show about people and the history's just the background to their story, which is really well thought out and well planned as to where it's going. Yes. And this might be just my memory playing tricks. The relationship between Dale and Helen seems a little bit more central this season, would you say? Yeah. Well, they were dead. They were, they weren't dating in the first episode of the series. They really only kind of got together at the end of series one. But, and you know, I, I said to you at the time when we were watching series one, that first episode, I said, and they were 
hinting that there was a romance between these two. I said, there's no sexual chemistry between these characters at all. I don't get it. And of course, as the show went on, it was revealed that Dale is gay and he's having this relationship in the mid eighties at the height of AIDS, uh, because of his workplace, because of society issues around that. And he's like a lot of closeted straight men. And that's why there's no sexual chemistry between those two. And that's why when the show starts, even though they've been living together and the mother's sitting there hoping they're going to get married, you still don't get the sense that this is a passionate love affair. These two are with each other and it's sort of a relationship of convenience. It suits Dale to have a woman on his arm, his co-newsreader, because that hoses down any possible gay rumors about me and she's helen is damaged so it suits her to have that support at work with her <laughs> especially after the last you know anchor she had that sat beside her jeff taylor who wasn't supportive of her at all yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, i should mention um like we, I talked about the strength of the characters that really help you get straight back into the sort of the the atmosphere of the the newsroom. I mean, Anna Torv, of course, is Helen Norville. Yeah. Um, her co-star Sam Reed is Dale Jennings. Um, he's great. I think. I think what we both enjoyed him in most before was um, oh, what was the um, uh, Foxtel suit, Lambs of God. Lambs of God. And, and then since then, of course, he's played Lestat uh, in uh, Interview with the Vampire. You know, so he's he's really uh, busy at the moment. And yeah, he's, he's worked a lot in the US. Um, yeah. Interview with the Vampire, not my cup of tea, but he's he's getting some um, some good credits over there. And uh, Jeff Walters is the, the newsreader who um, departed to make way for Dale in the first season. He has a lot to do in this second series, and uh, he's he's really good, very very strong. Um, as is his wife, played by um, Mark Downey. Mark so Robert Downey. Taylor plays Jeff Mark Downey as his wife Evelyn, and that's such a fascinating relationship. Um, you know, she's just there doing whatever she needs to do to protect her position in society because her husband's this fabulous newsreader and, you know, she's this kind of presence that's there. And, and this season has a really interesting storyline for them uh, when their daughter comes back and you see that uh they're not the greatest parents in the world yeah no that's that's there's so many different plots running through these first episodes isn't there it's just fantastic and the uh and she's a real manipulator even oh. more in in this season isn't she you know yeah. she's a, she she's a real player and very very protective and almost or way too protective of her husband i guess um yeah and, and you know what? It's it's such an interesting dynamic to bring the the child into it because you just know that if it's going to be a choice between her husband, the star, or their daughter, she's going to pick the newsreader husband any time. And that's what's so fascinating about bringing in the daughter. You see that you you see the result. What what that does to a to a young girl when she knows that her parents don't really have her back. 
and the 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 other great um or one of the other great actors in this is William McInnes yeah. um, reprising Lindsay Cunningham sort of ruthless volcanic um you know stressed sort of news executive running this newsroom for the um for the TV boss and gee whiz does he explode in this second season I would love to see William McInnes playing that exact same character in NCIS Sydney. I suspect he won't be volcanic in NCIS Sydney. He'll be this, you know, nice, affable boss of the police. But wouldn't it be great if he was like a Lindsay Cunningham character in NCIS screaming at the Australian Federal Police? I would watch that show. You know, the other relationship we should talk about in this show that's also really important is the relationship between Nolene and the sports reporters. So Michelle Lim Davidson and Steve Peacock. Um, And it's really great because they're getting into – there's a great episode there as we get into the bicentennial and we see uh, the episode with – Aboriginal activists saying we don't want to be part of this bicentennial celebration, which leads into a conversation about racism. And you've got, you know, Steve Peacock saying, "Well, I'm not racist. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm dating an Asian woman. I'm not racist." And you see this look on her face where she's just like, "Mate, that's not quite what it's about here. It's it's just so real, well written." Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, New to the cast this season, and I I did look at this and go, well, can I just not remember him from the first series? But as Daniel Gillies as Charlie Tate, as the sort of son of the media owner who owns the um, the TV network. Well, that's interesting. I didn't pick up on it that he was the son of the network owner. Uh, that does ring a bell. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we saw a network owner in series one, did we? Well, I don't. Th- I think it was referred to. Yeah, they would, but we never had. They went to meetings and that, but I don't think we, we really saw them. But he has a lot to do in this uh, episode, and he faces his financial challenges. It's uh, one of the themes for both morning, um, the morning show, and the newsreader is sort of financial challenges that the owner of the uh, news business is facing. Yeah, yeah, so true. Um. Rory Fleck Byrne plays a sort of a Don Lane character, isn't it? For yeah. A, he hosts a Tonight Show. Um, that's that's interesting. It look, didn't gel on me at first, but he has a fair bit to do in a couple of episodes, and I started to quite enjoy it. Yeah, there's a reason why he's there, and it's not yeah, real yeah. obvious, and I don't want to give it away as a plot no. spoiler, but there's a reason why he's there and his, what he brings, his wife comes into it and... You know, they're there to sort of shake up Dale's world and it's it's going to be fascinating to see if it goes anywhere because it's certainly uh, a destabilising um, effect on him. Yeah. Philippa Northeast plays uh, Kay, the, the, as you mentioned, the daughter of Jeff and uh, Evelyn. And um, Hunter Page Lockhart yeah. uh, is Linus Preston, a, a great character. Yeah, in, isn't in he this- great in that? Yeah, when you get to see him. I mean, I really enjoyed his work in Fires, um, that series about, um, well, bushfires, I guess. It's probably a couple of years ago. I think he was one of the um, 
the um, regional firefighters, the, yeah. the country, what do they call them, country fire authority, CFA? Yeah, Rural Fire Service Board. And it was yeah, also right. in Barron's yes. recently, yeah. the surfing drama. And I think that his dialogue and what he says uh, as that Indigenous activist around the bicentennial, you can take everything that he's saying there and, it, and apply it to the conversation we're having now about the voice. And I think it's really interesting that this episode is going to go to air in the lead up to us voting on that referendum because it, you know, it's it's kind of saying that things haven't changed and you know let's listen to them you know they've been they've been uh you know trying to talk to australia for a long time and we don't want to listen to them so i think it's a really uh key episode of the second season of the newsreader this year yeah it was quite stark those scenes where they're um the indigenous people are have been promised an interview on the news, so they turn the news on, and there's all these endless stories of Charles and Diana. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> which just fills most of the bullet, and just just the most trivial detail has yeah. blown up into sort of leading news stories. Yeah, yeah, it's a great moment. Um, okay, so that is the newsreader, the second season, six episodes on ABC and iView. Let's segue into the other show about television. This time it's the third season. There's 10 episodes for uh, the morning show or morning wars, as uh, we call it here, yes? Yeah, exactly. Now, how many episodes have you watched, James? Good question. I think, oh, only one. I think I've only knocked off one. I might have done wow. two, actually. I've knocked off all 10. Oh, really? I've done the whole third series. Wow. It's wow. great, you know, because it was great. I was watching an episode of Morning Wars and then an episode of the newsread, and I was going back and forth between <laughs> the two shows. Uh, and then I just thought, oh, look, I've come this far. I've just got to keep going because it is very watchable, even though I've got to say I don't believe a lot of the material in it um the ending i just think is next level ridiculous this <laughs> season i really didn't buy it and there's this really clunky moment halfway through the series where they do this flashback episode and suddenly everyone's got different hairstyles and is wearing masks <laughs> because we're back in COVID. and i seriously stopped it and exited out of the media preview site and double-checked I'd clicked on season three and not season two. And then I started watching it again and I went, this, this, none of this makes any sense. Apple have uploaded the wrong episode. <laughs> I stuck with it and realised it's meant to be like that. It's just, it's not very good writing. They sort of start this season and pick up at a point and then halfway through they go, oh, now let's just go back in time and fill in some blanks if you don't understand what's happening today that is bad writing for me um but then you know you love it because you know they've spent so much money on it it looks amazing and the cast look at just the supporting actors some of them come in and only do one scene so you know how we talked recently about 
how I love Elizabeth Perkins and how she turned up in Minx and what a great presence she was in that show. She literally pops up in this third series of Morning Wars. I only saw him in one scene. Okay. But, I mean, you've got Stephen Fry in it, Marcia Gay Hayden, Holland Taylor, Mindy Kaling. I mean, that just some of those supporting roles are so incredible. And then, of course, we've got, you know, the, the, the guest stars that are playing major characters in this, namely Juliana Margulies, and from Mad Men as uh, the big new character this year, John Hamm. Yeah. Could I, could I ask you one question? It might be a bit of a spoiler, but, but do we see Steve Carell at all in this season? No, nothing. They, they mention him. He's still talked about, but we never see him. Right. Okay. No flashbacks with him. Yeah. Cause he was, he was, you know, he was in season one and we thought that might have been the end of him, but it was a big presence as well in yeah. season two, sort of living almost in exile, wasn't he? I think in Italy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, his, his presence is definitely still being felt there. So in this season, Alex Levy, Jennifer Aniston's character, is still hosting Breakfast TV. Yep. Reese Witherspoon is now reading the Evening News. Yep. Correct? Yep. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. And I think Alex has also got a show called Alex Unfiltered, which is just a, a chat show which, yeah. which runs in daytime. And this, the episode, the first episode starts off, she's about to on, embark on something that motivated the network to prepare her obituary. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, you, right from the, fir- the that first episode, you're like going, really? It is all just... <laughs> You know, it, it's very hectic, the start of it. That first episode that's uh, built around the business of John Ham, and I don't want to give away a plot spoiler here, and that's the first episode, very dramatic cliffhanger. And then, of course, in the second episode, you have this even bigger, huge event ripped from the headlines uh, that sends them off, and you're just like, going, wow, there's, there's so much going on here. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know, but it's what happens next that I don't really buy, James. I'll tell you what is really interesting. And, you know, you and I, we love shows about TV. And this series is trying to say something about legacy media. Um, and it becomes a really big theme as it gets towards the end. Um, and in the end, I don't really buy the solution that they come up with, but I certainly think that the conversations and, and the situation they're talking about is something that I imagine a bunch of leg- legacy media companies are thinking about maybe talking about today. I think the show's done very well at sort of um, segmenting each season without obvious cliffhangers that think, oh, I've got to go back. but been renewed for season four does that factor in do you think the way they've left this uh well that's very interesting you've said that because i hadn't heard that and and i will say i had a lot of trouble watching series three trying to remember what had happened in series two i'd actually i'd forgotten i knew that the Reese Witherspoon character was having a lesbian affair with the Juliana Margulies character, but I didn't know that that was public knowledge. It, it, it just, I really had a lot of trouble 
trying to remember that plot line. And in the end, I started Googling it, like going, I, I don't understand what's going on here. It's it's just not handled and written terribly well this season, I don't think. Yeah, that's why I go back and try and watch a bit of the previous season to keep and, and up. And you know what? It. We're probably at a disadvantage here because I certainly know with HBO, for example, that we might watch a preview uh, that the critics get in advance. But if you actually watch that episode go to air, it often airs and HBO have a recap that goes, this is where we left off last season. And we don't get the advantage of seeing that because they don't put that on on the, the media side. But yeah, I, that recap often really, really helps to put you back into the story. Yeah, I always make sure I never skip the recaps because that's... Never, uh, never. That's <laughs> very helpful. I don't mind skipping credit sometimes, but uh, not the recaps here. Look, um, I, have, I have, haven't seen nearly as much as you, but one of the things I really enjoy is the scenes between um, Alex and her boss, Corey, which is the Billy Crudup character. Yeah. They're always at loggerheads, and she seems very, you know, high-maintenance sort of TV personality, and he's a very shifty conniving sort of boss, isn't he, who's yeah. always comes across as the best friend and he'll turn up at your home or he'll turn up in another city if you're there just to, you know, <laughs> just in theory to give you support. But he's you really think, oh, he's really just checking, you know, wanting to keep you under control. And I think um, Alex is, it must be in the first episode, she has some new contract demands. She says, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this. And that's really funny. And he goes, oh, look, that's that's unprecedented, you know, that's that's unheard of. So it would be interesting to see how that plays out through the season two. Well, he lives to regret saying that to her. I'll just give you a tease there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good stuff. Or, um, yeah, look, I, I really look forward to this uh, every season of this, so I'll be certainly powering through the rest of them shortly. That is the morning show or more. Morning Wars uh, on Apple TV Plus, 10 episodes. And they're up all at once, or are they dropping once a week? No, I think very much they'll be dropping week by week. Right. Okay. Fantastic. All right, look, let's move on to The Lovers. I think this is just a short season of – oh, no, this is six as well. Six yep. episodes. It's sort of a a uh, – was it a rom-com, you'd call it? A, uh, I would call it a rom-com, yes. Yeah, comedy. It's on Foxtel and Binge. And I've got to say, I, I I knew very little about this when I went to watch it. And, gee, and look, this is, well, it's, actually, this is about TV too, isn't it? Yeah, it is too. Wow, it is. <laughs> it's the third of our shows. There's wow. a lot more going on, but it's the third of our shows about television. So it's, it's really a, a themed episode this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, this was a really, really pleasant surprise for me. I thought it was really interesting to see a Sky UK drama that is mostly set in Belfast Island, but not one of those quaint Irish villages, you know, like the Graham Norton series that's screening on UK TV now holding. This is very much a modern drama set in Belfast today. And you've got one of the characters, Seamus, as played by Johnny Flint. He's a political reporter who gets told that he's going to have to base himself in Ireland as, as what they're describing describing as promotion. So he has to go there every week and file these bits. And he has real tickets on himself. He thinks he's famous. He <laughs> thinks he's a celebrity, which, you know, proves to be very funny as the series goes on. But the show's also about 
um, a woman called Janet who works in a supermarket and has a very bad attitude to her work and is not a happy camper. And she's played by Rosin Gallagher. Now, you've been watching another show she was in, James? Yeah, look, I I watched all this. Uh, well, I didn't. I've watched uh, four episodes, I think, of the six. Um, no, wait, oh, no, actually, I finished it all. And then I was so I was so into I, I think it's pronounced Roisin Gallagher. Roisin, yeah, that sounds better. Yep. Yep. I'm not sure. But I was so impressed with her work, I had to go back and watch The Dry, which is a series we've talked about before. I'm not sure where it uh premiered in Australia, but it's on SBS on demand now. Right. It's just fantastic. It's um it's so good. But but let me mention her work on the lovers first. Yeah, look. She's excellent. She plays what a your supermarket worker doesn't give a shit about anything, you know, just hates life, hates everybody. It's just, it's just a fantastic character. It must have been so much fun to play. Um, and then she has this chance meeting with this sort of TV host, the, uh, the reporter. I mean, sure, it's all a bit hard to believe, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. And just how this relationship sort of, grows i guess the 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 tv report has got sort of the um trophy girlfriend if you like who's yeah um back in london and um you know he he sort of he he's at a crossroads he realizes he's attracted to this sort of supermarket worker um who just is so negative about everything <laughs> in life and but he's got the girlfriend he doesn't know where to go um, but it's just a lot of fun and it's just really enjoyable, the Belfast setting. And I actually think without a plot spoiler, the circumstances under how they meet is enough of a reason for them to spend time with each other and for this attraction. You know, they are two completely opposite people, highly unlikely that uh, they would ever meet in real life, but it is quite the situation that they meet under and it's very, very interesting. You know, it reminded me, James, of a movie that I would love to watch again, but I, it doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere. I was reminded of it recently when Glenda Jackson died. All there right. was a movie she made back in the 70s with George Siegel called A Touch of Class. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it was a big hit, I think, at the time. It was a huge hit. I remember uh, going to see it at the drive-in with my parents. And, you know, subject matter, it was kind of racy. It was about this couple having an affair, but they had rules on the affair on how they would uh, approach this so that it wouldn't, you know, overstep the boundaries. And, of course, that never works. And The Lovers is following a very similar plot device to me. Um, and it, it just reminded me uh, of that. Uh, but, yeah, there's something very appealing about The Lovers. I am kind of, even though as I watched several episodes, I thought, oh, this is getting really silly now, I still like the characters and want to keep watching it and find out what happens. And, of course, you're rooting for them to get together, right? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So let me talk about the dry a bit. Yeah. So it, these are, she's only had two really significant starring roles, I think the, the dry and then the lovers. But, um, in the dry, when I talked about it, I only watched one episode and I, I guess it's a trap I fall into and you always alert me to it. You've got to watch more than one episode, right? You've got to watch so, at least two, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I sort of, Watched the first one, thought it was okay, but just didn't keep going. But 
anyway, I went back and wow, I had to watch them all. It's just fantastic. It's just really good. Um, so is this another, is the dry another uh, kind of modern story? It's not a period piece. She doesn't, she goes back to a city. She goes back to be with her family. Yeah. Look, so she plays a character called Shiv Sheridan. She returns to Dublin after 10 years of sort of hard partying in London where she drank a real lot. Okay. <laughs> so she comes back, uh, recognizes she's an alcoholic. She starts going to AA meetings. Um, which is something else again. Um, but even harder for her to deal with is being back with a family, um, which, you know, creates all sorts of problems because she's a little bit out there. You know, there's, there's, there's similarities between her character in both series, if you like. So, um, and just her family or something else again, you know, the father, the mother, the neighbour across the road who strangely goes disappearing and no one seems to care except the mum who um who's just fascinated and thinks something has has happened to her. Um uh the son who is gay lives in a sort of a, a shed in the backyard, if you like. Um that's um and everything that goes on out there. But look, it's a uh it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and I can't recommend it highly enough. It sounds like something I would watch, so I'll put it on my list. And you know, I've still got on my list. I've never watched more than two episodes. This Bad Sisters on Apple TV Plus, which is another modern drama about you know a bunch of sisters living in Ireland, and you know I want to get to that and finish that one day as well. Oh yeah, look, a Bad Sister, I could. Couldn't recommend. There's just some great drama coming out of Ireland yeah. and, and comedy. Yeah, it really you know. is, isn't there? Oh, it's just fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know the, the the characters are all just stunning in in the dry. It's just such a, a wonderful sort of ensemble piece, if you like that 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 family and everything they go through. The relationship between the mother and the father. Um, Shiv's got a sister as well who who works as a nurse in a hospital and <laughs> she has an attraction to one of the older doctors and that that just you know doesn't end well and that's, and she's got a really strange um uh, i think it's a boyfriend and but she doesn't really call him a boyfriend and that, how their relationship that's just it's very funny Really um, I've been listening on audiobook, James, to Tracy Spice's new book, Man Made, which is all about AI and how some bias is being built into AI because most of the manufacturers for it, you know, are all white men of a certain age. Um, and w- one of the things they talked about on this was why is it that, you know, Siri and Alexa and all of these voices where you ask them things have to be female voices and keep this going that women are servile to us and we, we ask them a question, they've got to do what they told. So it, I was so inspired listening to this book. I went in there to change the voices and discovered that you can change your voice from a female voice to a male voice. And one of the male voices is an Irish accent. So Siri is now an Irish man here. So when I ask him to do something, this Irish man replies to me, and I think that's a, a good outcome. Well, fantastic. All good stuff. And then, look, um, we'll sort of wind up this week, but I wanted to mention in my sort of parting um, recommendation, you, I hadn't watched it, I think, when you looked at The Holding, which is the uh, 
dramatization of the um Graham Norton's like, novel. Graham Norton's novel. And look, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was sweet, wasn't it? It's yeah. I thought it was really good. I was surprised. I, I was on a sort of an Irish theme on the yeah. weekend. I, I did the lovers, I did the dry, and I thought, oh, wow, holding's really good too. It's, um, yeah, it sort of slipped past us because it ended up, I think it had screened on SBS On Demand briefly, and right. so then it sort of went to UK TV rather than going to BBC first where it, and I thought to myself, well, it must be dreadful if uh, it's kind of playing off Broadway. Why isn't getting a big splashy thing on BBC first? But I think it's just a situation around the rights, and I started Googling it, and, and I couldn't find anybody saying anything bad about it. Everybody said it was uh, amusing. And I was fascinated to learn that Holding is directed by Kathy Burke, who is the actor-comedian who stars in Absolutely Fabulous and uh, has a very droll sense of humour. And that really made me think, oh, yeah, 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 no, this is is interesting. Yeah, there's just four episodes, so it's... um it's it's not too hard to uh, knock it off. So um, that that's another of the sort of little uh, Irish um, dramas that um, are well worth your time. Yeah. You anything else? Do you want to leave us with this week? Um, well, I think we've got us. I've wanted to say that I have finished watching Fifteen Love on BBC oh, yes. First, which was the sort of uh, the the sexual harassment, is the coach a monster set against the backdrop of tennis. I thought it was eight episodes for some reason. So when I was watching episode six, to, to me, as I, I, I wasn't hugely into it when it began, but I decided to keep it going and it was kind of background. And around the halfway point, it suddenly got my attention and I stopped what I was doing and sat there and watched it right to the the end and it did have a satisfactory conclusion although i suspect you always said that you could guess where it was going and i suspect you were probably right we don't want to give away the ending but it kind of did end the way that i thought the show did have to end um to justify six episodes but yeah 15 love i I give it a thumbs up yeah okay all right well that's um that's all we've got this week. Then so we did the morning show on Apple TV Plus, the newsreader on ABC iView, and the lovers on Foxtel Binge. I think we'd recommend all of those. And yeah. what would your show of the week be out of that? Um, look, my show of the week is the newsreader, hands down. Yeah, look, I, I would pick that, but it's a second season, so I'll go with the lovers, which is okay. a premiere. You know. We're, we were all over uh, the newsreader last year, and look, it's great this year too. But I guess I'll just go for the um, the new series and pick that. Uh, just a quick word about got a couple of interesting things next week. The gold is coming to Paramount Plus. It's a British drama I've been waiting to see because it was on air in the UK, I think, way back in February, maybe. Wow! So I've been wondering where that would show up, and something called Wilderness with uh, Jenna Coleman. Yeah, I'm seeing that on Prime TV. Yeah, yeah. So, I, look, I love her work usually. So, I'm um, I'm interested to see how this one goes. The wilderness, and there's also the Changeling on Apple TV Plus, which starts today, which is sort of like a. It's, I think it's kind of like a modern day fairy tale with you know a bit of horror in there as well. I'm not quite sure what genre it is. I've watched the first episode. Need to watch more. Okay, good stuff. All right, Andrew, thank you for that. We'll be back at the same time next week with more 
TV Gold. In the meantime, you can uh, read Andrew what he has to say about the newsreader and uh, Morning Wars. He sort of compares them both in his Media Week column this week. You can find it at mediaweek.com.au or in our daily newsletter. We'll speak again soon, Andrew. Thanks, James. Have a great week.